This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. And this year is uh, about in this week's parasha, but it's also very topical because we know in the period of the Omer, which is the period great Ramban, it's actually like a Cholamoid. It's a Cholamoid we talked about between Pesach and Shavuot because we came out of Egypt, Hashem took us out of Egypt in order to get the Torah. So therefore, it's the period between Pesach and Shavuot, which the Ramban Ahmadis says it's like a period between two Yamim Tovim, which these days are like exactly like they're exactly like Cholamoid, very high level, spiritual level. These are also the days in which the students of Rabbi Kiva unfortunately passed away. And the reason given the Gemara says is because they did not practice this mitzvah as it should be practiced. We have Talarecha Kamocha. So this is an opportunity time. It's the best time to talk about you love your friend, it says, the rare eyes of friend, like you love yourself, which is, we have to discuss this uh, very important mitzvah, Israel today, one talks about Israel. Uh, it's a tikkun for the destruction of the second temple. The second temple was destroyed because of Sinat Chinam. And the tikkun, the, the correction of that is the mitzvah of to love each other. We have to love each other. So also that result brings down before a person prays, they should accept upon themselves to love their fellow Jew, to love their fellow Jew. So this very important mitzvah, obviously we have to practice. Who do we practice on? And the answer is we should practice on our own families. All the mitzvot we practice on our own families. Mitzvot between man and man. That's why a person has to get married. Why should we get married? This way a person has a spouse to practice this mitzvah. A very important mitzvah we can practice on our spouses, <laughs> which is very hard to do all the time, like 24-7. We have to practice. You know, there's no marriage without tips and without uh, little fights or little disagreements, let's say minor disagreements, or if they're lucky or major disagreements, no such thing. Uh, in very, unless very rare cases where everything goes smoothly, you know, 24-7 all the time, but there's always something in the marriage, and therefore this is an opportunity time to fix this relationship, to increase the love between spouses, to increase the love between us and our children and our children's children. There's Rabbi Shem. It's one of the functions of Eliyahu You should return the heart of the fathers to the sons. And the sons to their fathers. We'll see a joining of the generations, a love between the generations and the families. People should get along, brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, the children, siblings, and everyone else in the family should get along. After the Rehach starts, let's start with the microcosm, and then let's work to the macrocosm. You know, sometimes it's easier to say, I love someone I've no, I've no relationship with, because there's no, there are no little uh, fights between us. I never see the guy. So I love him. Yeah, I love him from far away. So what does it mean, after Rehach Now, let's look at the sequence of the Psukim. By the way, there's a beautiful idea, which I heard in the name of Rabbi Suleiman Sasson, one of the great uh, Sephardic rabbis who was also a philosopher, a scientist, brilliant, brilliant man. He said there's a concept, and he has this concept in the book of Tehilim, which we did a, a little bit of. And he says that the middle pasuk of the psalm, the middle verse of the psalm is the most important verse. That's the main idea. The major idea of the psalm is the middle line. It's interesting. The middle line. So the middle of the Torah is the basis of the Torah. Where is the middle of the Torah? Well, we are not 
very far from the middle of the Torah. There's five books of the Torah. The book of Vayikra is right in the middle. So, Bereshit, Shemot, Vayikra, Bamidbar, Devari. Vayikra is this parasha, this week's parasha is Kedoshim, to be holy. And bang, in the parasha is this mitzvah of Be'atta Rech Kamoh, so that this, the whole Torah is centered around this, mit, this mitzvah, the mitzvah of Be'atta Rech Kamocha, which Rabbi Kiva, as we're going to see, Rabbi Kiva says, is the main, the cloud that all the Torah is a tremendously important fundamental of the Torah. We have to understand why is it so important. And how, how does a person love their friend as themselves? Uh, we have to discuss this a lot. But let's just read a sequence of the verses because the verses are basically building up. The Torah is building up to this crescendo. So first of all, it talks about uh, the mitzvot of giving parts of one's fruits to the poor person. Right, corners of one field, you know, parts of the tree, uh, fruits, uh, the grapes and the vine uh, should be left for the poor. And then it says, don't steal, don't deny a person stole, don't deny uh, wages, don't tell lies, don't take my name in vain and swear, and don't uh, desecrate my name, uh, don't rob from people, and uh, don't to pay a workman late, pay him on time. Don't curse a deaf person. And if uh, you can't curse a deaf person who can't hear you, how much more so you cannot curse a person who can hear? And the famous one, don't put a stumbling block in front of the blind, which the rabbis explain in three ways. Uh, don't cheat someone and if they don't know and you, you pull a fast one on them that's cheating them, they don't know. So that's something like a blind person, for example. He has no idea if the house, he gets a person to examine the house before he buys it, the inspector, uh, home inspection, and the guy tells lies. So he's cheating a blind person because a blind person, or the stockbroker recommends a stock and he knows it has no chance. So the guy doesn't know what he's doing and he gives him advice, which is bad. Or he, a person can cheat someone when it comes to spiritual things. He says something is kosher when it's not kosher. And the third explanation is he actually puts a stumbling block in front of a blind person. blind person is walking by and they trip over the, he makes him trip over. That's the three different explanations of don't put a stumbling block in front of the blind. And then the Torah moves on. Uh, don't twist judgment. Don't uh, give, you know, my thing, twisting judgment in order to uh, take from the rich and give to the poor is allowed. No, not to twist judgment. Uh, don't be a talebearer. We learn the laws of gossip, laws of Lashon from here. And then it says, don't stand by your, your friend's blood. If you see someone in trouble, you see someone being murdered, you see someone who is uh, in trouble of losing their life, don't stand by it. Especially if you're part of Hatzalah, or you can call Hatzalah, you can call the ambulance, you can call the police, you have to do it. You can't just stand by and do nothing. And then it says, don't hate your brother in your heart, which we have to talk about, and you will surely rebuke him. So what are we talking about? We're talking about someone who did something to someone, something bad, obviously, and instead of rebuking them, they bear, a, uh, they bear this grudge inside. So that's not allowed. A person not to bear a grudge because that is hatred inside. You should surely rebuke them. So the mitzvah to rebuke, which today we, we probably don't have any idea how to rebuke someone properly so they don't uh, make them worse. So a person, when they rebuke someone, they have to do it in a very nice way. It's an art of rebuke in a positive reinforcement kind of way as opposed to a negative kind of rebuke. It's very hard to do this. And then it tells us, do not take, uh, we're going to talk about, let's try and explain this. What does that mean? 
Rabbi say, they give two examples. Rashi brings down two examples from the Gemara. Rashi says, if someone comes to you and, no, you go to someone. The first case is you go to someone and you ask them to lend you something. Uh, for example, you go and ask them, can I borrow your axe? And the guy says, no. There's no reason why not. And then the guy comes to you the second day or after that, and he says, can I borrow your uh, bread knife? And the guy says, here it is. I am not like you. You didn't lend me your axe. I am not like you. Here is my bread knife. So the second guy is actually giving what he was asked for, but he did it in a way which was not nice. He said, I'm not like you. So in other words, when you're doing chesed, it's not time to rebuke someone. When you do an act of kindness, the rebuke should come at some other time. It shouldn't come at the same time as the act of kindness. Why? Because in a sense, he's taking vengeance. He's not actually taking physical vengeance, but he's taking vengeance and saying, you know, I'm giving you a favor. You didn't do it to me yesterday. I'm giving you a favor. So this is a kind of reminder of what the person did. It's kind of act of vengeance. So it's interesting. This is put exactly before this principle of so what is the connection between lending someone something or not lending someone something and after So the Hiskuri, one of the super commentaries on Rashi, has an amazing devartor on this, and then I'm going to go straight into explaining after The Hiskuri says an amazing idea. He says that who is worse, the person who wouldn't lend in the first place, or the person who lended secondly. In the second case, he lended the thing and he reminded the person, you didn't lend me yesterday, I'm not like you, I'm lending you my thing, you didn't lend me your thing. Who's worse? So he says the second person is worse. The first person didn't lend. Now maybe he has a reason not to lend. Maybe he says, you know what, this is a very expensive article, I don't want to lose it, this guy I'm lending to is not very reliable. Maybe he had a reason. Give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he had a reason. But the second guy, when he says, here it is, I'm not like you, is a kind of enactment of vengeance. It's kind of vengeance. So that's uh, the reason why he's worse. The second person who reminded the first person of what he did is worse than the first person. The first person may have a reason. The second person is taking a kind of act of vengeance even by the words he speaks. So the words that we say can also be an act of vengeance. I'm not like you. You didn't lend me. Here it is. And he's reminding him of his action and he's shaming him in a sense and he's taking vengeance. So that is a very important idea, not to take vengeance. And he says, this is amazing. How does a person, what causes a person to take vengeance? He says, is, the root of this is jealousy. The root of taking vengeance is jealousy. I'm not like you, and uh, you didn't lend me, and this and that. The root, he says, is jealousy. And what can overcome jealousy? Only one thing can overcome jealousy is this belief in Hashem. The belief in Hashem overcomes jealousy. What does that mean? The belief in Hashem overcomes jealousy because how does a person overcome their jealousy? It's the Ramban. We're going to talk about the Ramban. He said, when a person believes in God, we're going to see that the Torah connects this point to each other. When, it, when a person believes in God, then there's no, there's no way to be jealous of someone else. Why? Because if I believe God really is busy looking after me, God provides me with everything I need. If someone else has something more than what I have, so I'm not jealous. Why? Because God, God is in charge. God is the one who gave him and didn't give me. So I believe in God. I believe in Hashgachah Pratid, in divine providence, 
that every single person is looked after according to their needs by God, and therefore there's no need to be jealous. This idea of belief in God is the key to removing jealousy from the world. So when a person says, I'm taking vengeance on someone else, in a sense, they're jealous. They're jealous of what that person has. It's the root cause of all this is jealousy, which we're going to talk about when we talk about loving one's friend. So, so let's just keep that in mind. And then the Torah says, you love your friend. It doesn't say love an enemy. It's interesting. Um, that's not Judaism. This idea of loving an enemy, turning the other cheek is not Judaism. It's love your friend as yourself. Now, there's a couple of limitations over here in this verse. So this verse is not as generous as it seems. Number one, it says, love your friend. It doesn't say to love anyone else. Number two, it says, love him as you love yourself. It doesn't say to love him more than you love yourself. It says, love him as you love yourself. So there's limitations already in this verse. We have talked about the limitations. And uh, so let's just try and explain according to our tradition, our heritage, Jewish heritage, Jewish tradition, um, the oral law. What does this passage mean? So number one, we said this verse is often quoted in the name of Rabbi Akiva. It's interesting. People know more that Rabbi Akiva said this is general rule in the Torah, and they forget the source is not Rabbi Akiva. The source of this idea is in the Torah explicitly. It's in this week's parasha, Kedoshim. It's in Vayikra, Leviticus, chapter 19. Uh, verse 18, chapter 19, verse 18, 1918. Um, it was a good year. Why? That was the end of the First World War, 1918. Good to remember. 1918, verse 1918, Leviticus, which deals with laws of holiness, uh, which are between man and God. And here in the middle of it, we have this law between man and man. And then the verse ends off, I am the Lord your God. Love your friend as yourself. I am the Lord your God. What is the connection? So the obvious connection is, I'm the Lord your God that created you both. You are all my children. You are all my children. And that leads us to Ben Azai, which we're going to talk about. Ben Azai was um, the student of Rabbi Kiva, who also became as nearly as smart as him, became his chaber, became his friend, became his colleague, and uh, married. Rabbi Kiva's daughter, who unfortunately Ben Azai says died. And, uh, and Ben Azai was on a very high spiritual level. He sort of went off this physical world. Ben Azai died. So, but anyway, Ben Azai was a very brilliant student of Rabbi Kiva, got to the point where he became a haver, he became a friend, a ruta of Rabbi Kiva. And Ben Azai says, uh, what Rabbi Kiva says, this is, a, this is the main rule of the Torah. After Reha Kamoha is the main rule of the Torah. Ben Azai says, sorry, Rabbi Kiva, I don't agree. The main rule of the Torah is Ele Toldot Adam. These are the generations of mankind. In other words, God is the creator of not just us Jews. God is the creator of mankind. We have to remember we're all one big family. We're going to talk about this. Is it just a mitzvah between Jews? Or is it also a mitzvah to love every human being because they are God's creatures? Well, that's that's the debate between Rabbi Akiva and his son-in-law, Ben Azai. Let's keep that in mind. But this idea that you love your friend as yourself, Ani Hashem, I am the Lord your God. So what does that mean? Number one, it could mean that I am the Lord your God who is the father of both of you. You know, when a person, it says when a person speaks Lashon Hara about someone, they better be careful. Why? Because they're speaking Lashon Hara about God's child. That's a very 
you know, that, that really wake, wakes a person up. What I'm speaking, you know, how can you speak Lashonara to a parent about his own child? That parent doesn't want to hear Lashonara his own child. You know, a good parent will say, what are you talking about? How dare you say that about my child? <laughs> How dare you say that about my relatives? You know, certain communities in the world, for example, the Syrian community in Brooklyn, everyone's related. You can't speak Lashonara about anyone in that community. Why? Because if you tell someone Lashonara about them, they say, hey, that's my relative. How dare you say that about my relative? Everyone's related. Well, let's think the same way about every single Jew. We're all related, and especially relatives. How can you say that thing about your own relative? You know, one of the cases of Lashonara in the Torah is Miriam spoke about her brother, Moshe. So that's Lashonara and a relative, and relatives don't want to hear these things. And God is our relative, and God got very upset. You speak about Moshe, my servant, how dare you speak about Moshe, my servant? We're all servants of God. We're all children of God. So we have to bear that in mind. Maybe that's what it means when the Torah says, Ani Hashem, I am God. I am the creator of all of you. You are all my children. How can you not get along? And Or there could be another explanation, which is, Ani Hashem, I'm the God who gives, pays the person back. Right? I'm the God who rewards and punishes. How can you do this? Love the, your friend because I'm going to give you reward. I'm the God who gives reward. I'm the God in charge of the world. I'm the God who's going to repay you. You don't lose by loving someone else. So the question is now, what does that mean to love someone else? How can you love your friend as yourself. So number one is, you take. is this a, a duty of the heart? You know, it's a beautiful book. Duties of the Heart by Rabbi Bachia, even Pakuda, very famous uh, Spanish uh, rabbi, uh, 2,000 years, no, 1,000 years ago, before Rashi. I think one of the first Rishonim was Bachia, even Pakuda. Beautiful, beautiful book. The Duties of the Heart. You get English, fantastic book. Highly recommended Duties of the Heart. I gave a whole series on Duties of the Heart. Um, and it's on my uh, uh, Torah Anytime channel. If you go to Torah Anytime, you look up Rabbi Basus, you'll find uh, there's early classes on Rabbi Bachia ibn Pakuda's book, Duties of the Heart. So is loving one's friend as oneself a duty of the heart? In which case, you know, I, I love the guy in my heart. Or does it have physical manifestations? That is the question. Is it, is it just in the heart or as in physical manifestations as well? Well, let's discuss that. That's a whole big discussion over here. So, I am the Lord your God. I'm going to pay you back. And I'm the master. I dictate these terms to you. I'm the God who is your father. I'm his father, her father. And therefore, I'm the God of humanity, according to Ben-Azai. Rebekah says, I'm the God of, of the Jewish people, and therefore, we're all related. We're all children of God. So that's the question. Is it something, a duty of the heart? Is it something to be born inside one's mind? Or is it actual physical manifestations of the haftar If I uh, save someone else from a loss, am I performing the mitzvah of the haftar The answer is definitely if I go to a funeral and there's not enough and not enough minyan, am I doing the mitzvah? Definitely. If I help a, a poor person, am I doing the mitzvah of Surakah and the mitzvah of the Haftarah loving your friend as yourself? And the answer is definitely any act of kindness, any physical act of kindness, whether it's a negative act, which means saving from someone from a loss, that's negative chesed. Not waking someone up from their sleep. You know, I want to play my stereo loud and I know that someone's sleeping. That's a physical act of kindness, a negative kindness. There's negative kindnesses 
by not damaging someone, not, not robbing their sleep, um, not causing them financial loss. That's a negative act of kindness. And then there's positive acts of kindness, which is so powerful. This mitzvah, it's really uh, the primary mitzvah of between man and man. But it's also a mitzvah between man and God. Why? Because the Torah continues. Ani Hashem, I am God. I want you to do this. And if you do this, this is counted as if it's a spiritual mitzvah as well. It's also a mitzvah. So it's a mitzvah between man and man. It's also a mitzvah between man and God because it's commanded to us by God. God says, Ani Hashem, I am God. When you perform the act of kindness, you're also emulating God because God is the one who performed acts of kindness. Hashem, the Torah starts off with an act of kindness. So as he clothed Adam and Eve, even after they sinned against him, he clothed them. The Torah ends off with an act of kindness. When Moshe Rabbeinu dies, who buries Moshe Rabbeinu? An act of kindness. Hashem buries. So when a person does an act of kindness, they're fulfilling this mitzvah. A mitzvah between man and man. But they're also emulating God. And they're also performing a mitzvah between man and God. Why? Because God wants us to do this mitzvah. It's a terrific mitzvah. It's a three-part mitzvah. The person is getting credit in all three areas. Check off all the boxes. They're getting credit for a mitzvah between man and man. The saving, there's a positive side to it, saving someone from loss. And the negative side is not causing someone a loss. Helping someone and not damaging someone. So there's a positive and negative aspects to uh, loving one's neighbor or loving one's friend. And uh, then there's an aspect between man and God. And there's also an aspect of emulating God, God's ways. So by doing acts of kindness, we're emulating Hashem's ways. And so it's a very powerful aspect to this mitzvah, tremendous aspects to the mitzvah. So the, there's a lot of different commentaries. I want to just quote some of the main highlights of these commentaries, um, which I'm going to go through. So Orachim HaKadosh, the great Orachim HaKadosh, Rachim Ben Atar, who was a very big Kabbalist also, and he was a great rabbi in Morocco. He moved to Israel. One of the first great rabbis moved to Israel from Morocco. And he's buried on Har Zetim, the Orachim HaKadosh. He wrote a commentary on the whole Torah called Orachim. That's where he got his name, Orachim Ben Atar. He wrote the commentary Orachim on uh, the Torah. A big commentary. It's quite a, a verbose kind of commentary. Deeper kind of commentary, Orachim HaKadosh. And over here, it says amazing concept. He says the mitzvah, the, con the connection between the mitzvot is Ani Hashem, right? The Ani Hashem is connected to Am Yisrael. What does that mean? When we are all one, we connect, we connect to God. Because we will be one nation and God is one. So when all the Jews get along and become unified, it's a very important idea. When we're all unified, we bring unity of God into this world. If Jews are not unified, that means people look at us and say, the Jews are not unified, their God is also unified, not unified. But if all the Jews are unified, people say, wow, the Jews who are so, so different from each other, we've got Jews of every color, every race, every nationality, every, uh, I don't know, all different kinds of minakim, we all get together. Then we're unifying the Jewish people. And by unifying the Jewish people, we're showing everyone we believe in one God and we're one nation and the one God. You know, it's interesting, that's part of the uh, American, I think, uh, uh, one nation under God, right? So we are one nation under one God. I think they got this idea from us, this one nation under one God. Very critical, the one nation to be united, to be united. And what brings us together is the love between each other. It has to be love between each other, which we said is a negative aspects and positive aspects, not damaging someone and helping someone. 
So love between each other. So that's the Ibn Ezra. That, sorry, the Orachim Kadosh. He says, when we are unified, we bring God down among us. We're unifying God's name among us. We're sanctifying God's name. Kichelek Hashem Amor. Because we are a portion of God. The nation is God's nation. We are God's nation. When we're unified, everyone points to us as God's nation. Unified, it points to unified God. It's the unity of God. That's the Orachim HaKadosh. The Ibn Ezra and the Sporno, they say, you know, why does it say? They have to why do you say the lamb? That lamb is extra. It should say What's What's to your friend? And the answer he says is to always, whenever you do something to someone else, do it with love. Just like you want your friend to treat you with love and do things, show love towards you. So show other people love. When you do other things for other people, show them love. Give them a smile. Show them a nice face. Say hello to them. Be nice to them. That's aspects of showing love. You know, you live in Israel and you live in an apartment and you have all these people around you in every other apartment and you have to get along with your neighbors. That, that's, the, that's what it says. Love your friend as yourself. You know, pass someone on the street and say hello. You know, you create love. You create friendship between people. That's love. Loving someone is creating friendship between people. Uh, of Ariel Levy, Tzadik in our time. He went out of his way to create friendship between people. He says, Aaron HaKohen was uh, loved by everyone. Pirkei Avod, right? Pirkei Avod says, Ohev Shalom. Um, uh, it says, love peace and chase after peace. Rodev Shalom, run after peace. And be of the students of Aaron. Be the students of Aaron, high priest, the brother of Moshe Rabbeinu. Love peace and chase after peace. And, when he saw people fighting and trying to make peace between them, that's what we have to do. That's showing love to people. That's the So it's bringing love in the world between people, showing love to people. And if you want someone to love you, you have to show them love. That's how you, should, that's how you get a kids to love you. How do you get kids to love you? Show them love and they'll love you. If you don't show them love, then they're going to love you. So uh, we are mirror images of what we see. We're like, uh, no. Uh, chimpanzees, they you know, you, you show them a smile face, they'll, they'll give you a smiling face. You lift up your fist to them, they'll lift up their fist to you. Well, human beings behave in similar ways. We behave in similar ways. The way other people treat us, that's the way we we'll treat them. So, let's be the first ones to start this. Like, uh, you have a fight with one spouse, be the first one to make peace, be the first one to make harmony in the home. Uh, you know, it says, Gadol HaShalom. The rabbi said, always, well, Gadol HaShalom. Great is peace, great is peace. That's what a beautiful idea. Where is the first time the word Gadol is used in the Torah? You know, and there's, an, there's an opinion that says, where do we know the meaning of these words is we, we find out what is the first time it's used in the Torah. So the first time the word Gadol is used in the Torah is amazing. It says, it talks about on, uh, on the, uh, the fourth day of creation, Hashem created the Me'orot. He created the, the big lanterns in the sky, the sun and the moon. He created Ma'or HaGadol Lemusharet Hayom, Ma'or HaKaton Lemusharet Halayla. He created the big light to uh, be the king of the day, and he created the small light to be the king of the night. So this, the word big is used the first time regarding the sun. And the word small is used regarding the moon. So what is Gadol HaShalom? So gadol means to give rays, 
to give light, to give love into the world. And what is the moon, the small light? The small light is just reflects love. It doesn't give, it's not an initiate of love. It just reflects love. So it's Gadol Shalom. Be the originator, be the first one to initiate peace. Be the first one to initiate love and you'll see how it gets reflected back to you. Especially our children, they're mirrors. So you show them love, they show back. You radiate love to them, they radiate love to you. You kiss them, they kiss you back. You pat them on the back, they'll pat you on the back. You look after them when they're young, hopefully they'll look after you when you're old. Initiate. So that same thing comes to we have to initiate. We have to be the first ones to initiate. Never wait for the other guy to say, sorry, you initiate. There's been an argument. Be the initiator. I know it takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of effort. Someone hurt you inside. It's very hard, especially marriages. Who can hurt us the most? People that we love. Those that hurt us the most. And so that's why marriages break down, unfortunately, because we love. There's, where there's love, there's hate. Where there's no love, there's no hate. There's just ambivalence. You know, there's no love, never will be hate. Why? Just ambivalence. So, but when people love, then when they, they lose it and someone insults them, they can get angry and they get hurt. And that leads to hate. So, Bezrat Hashem always initiate love, always treat, especially one's spouse. Bezrat Hashem will treat our spouses. I've talked to myself as well. Always treat one's spouse with love. It's so hard sometimes. We go through ups and downs. Marriage is all about ups and downs. That's why Hashem wants us to be married. Why? Because Hashem says the only way you're going to fix your character is in marriage. Only where there's friction is the potential for tikkun. Only where there's a friction between two, there's potential for love and there's potential for shalom. If there's no friction, there's no shalom because shalom is only when there is uh, friction. <laughs> so, so let's make shalom in our houses. How? So let's talk a bit about that. So we talked about the, the Rechaim Ben Atar, which is a spiritual idea. When Jews are united, we're creating unity between us and God. And we're showing everyone in the world we're unified and God is one unity. Uh, number two is the Ibn Ezra, the Sforno, who said, why is a Lamed, we have the Lerreacha, what does it say, a Lamed over here? That is everything you do to your friend, do it through love. Everything you do should be done through love. Love should be the vehicle you use. You go and visit someone in hospital, do it with love. If you go and uh, bake someone a cake, do it with love. Uh, relationships between spouses, you buy your wife a nice ring, and do it with love. You know, everything a person should do to others and doing chesed should be done with love, not with, ah, I, I did it, kacha, you know, kacha. Not because of uh, deep feeling inside of love, just, uh, you know, just like a burden on me. So it's same thing when we, when we pray to God, it shouldn't be like a burden. We shouldn't, a person shouldn't make their prayers like a burden. It should be pleading out of love, not, not out of burden. So same thing, when we do favors to other people, we shouldn't do it as a burden, okay, I'm just repaying a debt, I owe you a debt, I'm repaying a debt. Uh, a person should do it with love, do it with, how do, you, how do you know a person does something with love? Because they do it with all the heart. How do you know they're doing it with all their heart? They do it with all the trimmings. They do all the trimmings, you know. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this when I talked about the coming out of Egypt. Uh, when the Jews sang the song at the, at the sea, when they crossed the sea, there's a line in there which is amazing. It says, This is my God, and I will beautify him. How do you beautify God? So Thomas says, you beautify God by doing beautiful mitzvot. Now, why did the Jews, when they crossed the sea, 
Why do they do, why do they come along with this concept when we beautify, we're going to beautify God. We're going to do beautiful mitzvot when we serve God, we're going to do it with beauty. Why do they say this? Because they saw when God across the sea for them, when God split the sea, the, the Mishnah says in Pirkei Avot, he says there was 10 miracles of the sea. There were 10 miracles of the sea. He did it in a spectacular fashion. He could have just split the sea and that's it. No, he did it in a spectacular fashion. The floor was dry. Uh, there was uh, there was fresh water you'd get from the walls if you're thirsty. They could see each other. They could see all the tribes crossing at the same time. There were 12 channels in the sea. He did this. He split the sea for us in the most spectacular fashion with all the trimmings. So when we're going to serve God, he says, when we do mitzvot for God, we're going to do it with all the trimmings. And that's how you see love. When you see love in the house, because I'm not just doing this for you, but I'm just here as a, just as a, as a tedious chore. I'm doing it out of love. I'm going to give you the best trimmings. I'm going to bake, bake the best cake for you. I'm going to bake the, make the best food for you. I'm going to treat you with the best, utmost respect and love. There's Radish in all our houses of tremendous amounts of love. And that's the only way to raise successful children is through this love and through the support and through the system of showing love. But obviously, there's got to be the respect as well. So love and respect balance each other. Anyway, so let's continue. So we have three opinions so far. Let's go to uh, the Rambam. The Rambam in Sefer Mitzvot. Now it's interesting. The Rambam in Sefer Mitzvot uses mitzvah as being a mitzvah of the heart. He said every Jew must love the feeling of love. He doesn't specify how. He just says every Jew must love every fellow Jew. That's what he says. Rambam, my one of these in Sefer Mitzvot, pops the mitzvah two hundred and six, which is interesting. Because that's the gematria of the word root, the mother of the King David, which we have to talk about when we get closer to Shavuot. Root, gematria. Uh, sorry, what am I talking about? Root is 606. Here it's mitzvah number 206. So mitzvah number 206, root is 606, we have to talk about. Uh, because she already kept seven positive mitzvot, uh, seven Noahide laws, and she's adding 606 more mitzvot to get 613. Over here, we're in the Rambam, mitzvah, positive mitzvah number 206. Is the mitzvah to love your fellow Jew. And that's what he says. It's a mitzvah of the heart. That's what he alludes to. But later on, we're going to see when the Rambam wrote his book of Halakha, he gives you practical applications. It's not just something which is in the mind. I love my fellow Jews. It's not enough. It's got to have practical applications. Telling someone I love you is not enough. It's got to have practical ramifications. Telling God I love you is not enough. Those are going to do the mitzvah to show they love God. And when they do beautiful mitzvot, then they really show love of God. So when we treat each other with love and respect and honor and this love, I do this to you, not as a chore, I'm doing it out of love, then that's showing love. That's a great idea. That's Rambam. We're going to talk a bit about the Rambam. So uh, this is one of the general rules that says, Rabbi Kiva says, Amar Rabbi Kiva. He was one of the great uh, authors of the Mishnah, mentioned the Mishnah, who lived in the first century CE. And he says, This is a general rule in the Torah. And we said his student, Ben Azai, was also his son-in-law, says, Adam." And the Torah says in Breshit, this is the generations of man. Ben Azai said, this is the general rule of Torah. And it was, it's not just limited to Jews. This, this is a mitzvah for non-Jews as well, to love non-Jews as well. And that's also brought down by great... Uh, a great poskim, some great poskim put this down, um, that everyone is created in the image of God. 
and therefore there's mitzvah not just to love Jews. So Rambam said mitzvah to love Jews. Ramban said mitzvah to love Jews. However, the Apostolic um, brought down, say this is it, or like Ben Azai. There's a mitzvah to love every human being because we're created in the image of God. So man was created. It doesn't say Jews were created in the image of God. It says mankind was created in the image of God. And therefore there's a mitzvah to love all mankind. Amazing. Okay, so there's many different applications to this mitzvah. I'm just going to go through a few of them. All of these applications, but first I have to bring down the Ramban. Nachmanides, uh, the great Nachmanides, brings down this concept that it's impossible to love someone else like yourself. Let's, I want to say this again because this is a big shock. It's impossible. Ramban Nachmanides on the Chumash, he writes, it's impossible for someone to love someone else. So why is the Torah saying this? Why did God say, love your man, your fellow man as yourself? It's an exaggeration to wake a person up. This is the ideal, but it's impossible for a human being. It's an ideal, but it's impossible. So what does Ramban tell us? How do you, what's the, what's the application of loving someone as yourself? It's impossible to love someone as yourself. Why? Because the Torah already says, Rabbi Akiva says in a different place, he says, your life comes before someone else's life. It's a very famous Rabbi Akiva says that there's two people in the desert and they both need water. And one guy has a flask of water. There's just enough water for him to, to drink and to survive and to walk to the nearest location where there's more water. Then he does not have to share that water. In other words, loving your friend as yourself does not mean at your own expense. Loving your friend at your, uh, as yourself does not mean if it causes damage to you. It means it's an exagger exaggeration, Ramban says. So what does it mean? It means wish the best for your friend that you have. It was don't be mean. Don't be jealous. And if I have a car, I want my friend to have a car. I want to have a nice car. I want my friend to have a nice car. If I have a house, I want my friend to have a house like me. If I have money, I want my friend to have money like me. That's what it means. So after the is what you wish your friend. Not to wish them bad, only wish them good, just like you want to, you wish yourself good. And you have these desires to yourself. You should wish your friend good and try and help them to attain the same thing. So a person shouldn't say, you know, um, I'll help him make money. Okay, I'll help him make money. I'll help him get a job. I'll help him get a job. But, you know, I don't want him to be as smart as me. I'm not going to teach him everything I know. That, the Ramban says, is a negative part. Not being, not loving one's friend as oneself. Wish for them as what you wish for yourself. Help them to attain what you have. Whatever you wish for yourself, help them. The same way you help yourself. That's what It doesn't mean to help them like you love you. you. Don't love them like you love yourself. No, wish them well as you wish yourself well. That's the Ramban in a nutshell. Obviously, you should look up this Ramban, very, very famous Ramban. And uh, Chaim Vital says that every time a person prays, we should add this before person prays. And Rabbi Chaim Vital is the one who said, love even non-Jews as you love yourself. Uh, that applies. In other words, wish everyone well. According to Ramban, it's beautiful. Wish every single human being well. Wish every single human being to be successful. Wish every human being good luck. Wish every, obviously we're talking about friends. Uh, limited to friends. In other words, if someone acts badly towards you, there's no mitzvah to love them. There's no mitzvah to wish them well. But there's a mitzvah to rebuke them if you can and help them to be, to treat you well as well. So then you can love them. I can't love them when they're evil towards me. 
but when they've changed, I can love them already. What does that mean? I want to wish them well. I wish them as, for all the good things I wish myself, I wish them as well and help them to attain it. So beautiful uh, discussion. What is, we have to have said that this application is tremendous inside marriage, tremendous inside marriage. Let's work on it in families, in our own families. Let's wish each one of us well, wish my spouse well, wish my children well. Obviously, it's a natural tendency to wish one's children well, but wish one's spouse well, health, good health, whatever I want for myself, I should wish everyone close to me and then build it outwards. So start with a microcosm, start with those close to me. It's like a ripple effect. Start with those close to me. Make sure everyone in the family loves each other, shows love to each other, tries to help each other, wishes well to each other, all the siblings and all the in-laws and the outlaws, uh, wish them all well, and then work outwards to the general public. I wish everyone well. As we said, it's ambivalence normally to other people, but wish them well. Wish the world, you know, today especially we have to pray for the whole world. To have peace in the world. It's uh, Everyone in the world should be prosperous. Everyone in the world should do well. And it's good for all of us. If everything's going well in the world, it's good for everyone. It's good for all of us as well. So let's wish everyone well. That's what the Bible says. It's a mitzvah to love every single human being. What does that mean? According to Ramban, fits in very nicely. Wish every single human being well. The Rambam says, it's a very interesting, he has two places where he discusses the halacha. So he said that in the Sefer Mitzvot, that is the heading of all the mitzvot. It discusses all the 613 mitzvot. So in the, the positive mitzvah number 206, he said it's a mitzvah to love every fellow Jew like yourself. But he doesn't explain how. So, but he does in, in uh, Hilchot Deot, he actually uses this rationale of the Ramban. You know, he never knew the Ramban. The Ramban was like 50 years younger than him. He never saw the Ramban. But it's a similar concept. It's a concept of not speaking bad about people, saying good things about people. Do to them what you want others to do to you. We're going to talk about that. That's Hillel's doctrine. Hillel's doctrine, the Gemara says, a non-Jew came to Shammai and he says, teach me the whole Torah on one foot and I will convert to Judaism. And Shammai took his measuring stick. He was a builder. He took his measuring rod and he pushed him away with his measuring rod. And, uh, and uh, there's no way you can tell the whole Torah on one foot. That's what he said. But Hillel, he went to then the convert, his potential convert goes to Hillel, and Hillel says, okay, no problem. He says, don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you. That is the whole Torah. Everything else is commentary, go and learn. So some people say, convert him straight away, tell them this. Don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you. The rest is commentary. That's interesting because um, the, some of the one of the Roman emperors, I can't remember his name, Severus, I think Severus, one of the Severus uh, clan, um, in the second, in the two hundred, in the third century CE, he wrote this in all public. But he had this saying in all public buildings in Rome. He told everyone to write this saying: "Don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you." And this was this principle of Hillel was adopted in many places. So the question is, why did Hillel tell him after the Rechamotah? So the answer is, is, as we said, there's a negative aspect of loving someone and there's a positive aspect of loving someone. Hillel gave the negative aspect. The first step up is the negative. What is the negative? Don't hurt someone else. Don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you. Negative kindness is not causing someone loss, not causing someone to disturb someone's sleep, 
um, not causing someone to have a bad reputation. All these are negative kindnesses. We don't really realize when a person is, is not doing these things. I'm not going to speak Lashon Ara. That's a reverse kindness. I'm not speaking bad. That's, that's kindness in a negative sense. The positive sense would be say good, speak good. The positive sense would be help someone, give chesed, do kindness. But the negative is not causing loss. That's what Hillel said. Don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you. The rest is commentary, go and learn. So that's the main fundamental point. Hillel, Akiva, Akiva came along, who was a few generations later, and he said, no, after that's the main. But would you say, how would you bring someone into the fold? How would you, how would you teach someone? What is the first step? And the first step is obviously the negative. Don't do to someone what you don't want others to do to you. That's the first step of loving someone else. And that's basic human uh, IQ, basic human, uh, the basis of all civil society. The basis of all civil society is don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you. The next level up is to help others. That's Jewish law. It's probably the most, there's probably the most legislation and acts of kindness than any other law around. You know, how many, how many law books are there about helping other people? Uh, law today is about negatives. Don't do to others what you don't want others to do to you. Don't steal, don't rob, don't speed, don't this, don't that. Don't get drunk, don't drunk drive because it damages people. That's negative kindness. But how many codes of law have positive kindness built into them? So Jewish law is unique. The amount and the minutiae of positive uh, acts of kindness. And this brings me to the Rambam. So there's a Rambam in in the laws of Mitzvot 206, positive command, good to look it up. There's also Rambam Nechot Deot, laws of character traits, where he talks very similar to the Rambam, uh, Rambam not uh, doing negative things, positive speech, uh, positive wishes for other people, helping other people, but the main place is in the laws of mourning, of all places. It's right at the end of the Rambam, um, very, very much close to the end, where he talks about Mashiach, very close to it, laws of mourning, he talks about all the mitzvot the rabbis latched onto this mitzvah burying the dead, um, uh, helping people get married. All these are mitzvot based on visiting the sick. All these are positive acts of kindness. So when a person does them, they're actually doing acts of chesed, of kindness. All acts of kindness. All acts of kindness under this rubric of the Anytime a person does an act of kindness, I make someone a cup of tea. I have guests in my house. You know, Abraham Avinu was a classic uh, person who did kindness to the world. So having guests is an act, of, tremendous act of kindness, tremendous, tremendous act of kindness. Um, bringing children to the world, hopefully, is an act of kindness. If you raise them as righteous people, it's a tremendous act of kindness. Giving them, you give them a chance to earn a lama. Teaching Torah is an act of kindness. Helping someone to grow spiritually, helping someone to grow physically, all these are acts of kindness. Teaching a child to write, to read, to, uh, a trade so much. It's an act of kindness. Helps a person. So anything we can do to help society, anything we can do to wish society better. Uh, Hashem should make this world a better place. If I cannot now fix this world, it's a terrible situation right now. And Israel Hashem, the war will not spread. There won't be any nuclear, we have to pray every day. There won't be a nuclear bomb going off. Uh, everyone will get along. Uh, wish everyone prosperity and success. No more Holocaust, please, Hashem. No more Holocaust, only good things. 
And everything starts with a microcosm. Let's work on our marriages, be better husbands, be better wives, be better spouses. Let's work on our children, love, you know, give everyone love, show them love and give them love and help them and chesed. Olam chesed ibane, the next world will be rebuilt with chesed, acts of kindness. As many acts of kindness a person can do. Rav, Rav Avigdor Miller says to try and do at least one act of anonymous kindness a day. <laughs> so how can a person do one act of anonymous kindness a day? You see dishes which are dirty, wash them when no one's around. You know, do one act of kindness a day, which is anonymous. That helps the world. There's rather share we will build a better world, starting with the microcosm and working out and wish the whole world well. There's rather share that going to run by filling the mitzvah of after Rechamach on a very grand scale. And that's going to Rechaim Vital, who's the student of Arizal. He knew what he was talking about, that the mitzvah to love everyone in the world, we're all God's creatures. Bezrat Hashem, wish the world well, everyone in the world, all the inhabitants, prosperity, success, long life, good health, Bezrat Hashem, and peace and security. Amen. And uh, let's uh, talk about next week. We're going to do the class same time on a Thursday night, 8.30. Um, next week, please join me. Same time, same day, Thursday, 8.30, because it's, uh, it's a celebration next week. Israel is celebrating Yom um, Ha'atzma'ut on Wednesday, so we're going to make the class on Thursday. And we will always have course to celebrate together, even though we're far away. We can zoom in together and celebrate together. There's Rosh Hashem that many causes for celebration in the future. And I wish the world to heal the world, to make the world a better place. Under the unity of God, we'll be one people, one nation under God, uh, undivided, ind- how does it go? Indivisible, unified, completed through this acts of kindness. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.